Welcome to Retail Level Ups, Moment with Mickey. In today's episode, we have a guest, Becky Walrid of So You Boutique in North Carolina. So here's a little bit of information about Becky. With 20 years of corporate retail experience behind her, she was ready for a journey that would bring her back to the community she and her daughter love and call home. The challenge was on to create a clothing boutique that offered a unique shopping experience, sincere personal service, quality on trend fashion and accessories at a good price, and a curated line of home products. Through a lot of sweat and tears, So You Boutique was born. Becky has a love for fashion and entrepreneurship. She has worked for some great companies that believed in personal service, great product, and a great experience. And some of those names include Coldwater Creek, Talbots, and Altered State. Most of her experience has been in multi-unit management. And one of Becky's guiding principles when it comes to the retail business is, personal service is a lost art today, but it is something that is very dear to her heart. Welcome, Becky. Thanks, Nikki. I'm glad to be here. I am so excited to hear this story. You know, we worked together for a number of years and always admired your, your management skills. And I just can't wait to hear how you created this store. So, but before we get into that, I'd okay. like you to introduce yourself with a little bit more about your background and how you got to what you're doing today. Okay. Well, I have been in retail for 30, it's been 30 years now. Most of it has been multi-unit. Um, more on the district level. And honestly, when the time came for to weigh whether or not I take that next step or not, it was the time I looked at my career and said, hmm, maybe it's time for me to take a different road. So um, we're for some great companies. I know we worked together at Coldwater Creek. And um, so I have loved working for smaller companies and I've worked for, you know, a few mid-sized companies too, but small companies, you really got to see the entrepreneurial ships and, and what these owners had to do to start their company they all had to start somewhere. So I think that's what was my big, I was always intrigued with, you know, how these owners started and what they had to go through and think about and their story along the way. So it gave me that encouragement along the way to decide to make, when I decided to make the leap. And I didn't make it till I was in my fifties, but you know, you, you kind of knew when it was time to go and, and that's what I did. So it's just been, it's been mostly in fashion retail, but I've worked in a little accessories, women fashion. I've worked with um, really all ages, you know, so my background's pretty diverse as far as shoes, jewelry, clothing, um, working with the teenagers and working with moms, you know, so it was pretty, it's pretty widespread in the knowledge that we have. Yeah. And so was this something that you ventured out on your own to do, or did you take a partner? No, I did it on my own. All right. Wow. And did you have discussions with anyone or was this all just your brainchild, but did you have anybody that you used as a mentor when you starting to think about it? You know, I had um, some DM partners that um, we talked about, you know, what would be great. And one of the one of the companies I worked for, which I really learned a lot from, too, was probably the last leg. What I think that I needed to learn in the industry, but it was about branding Mm. and, you know, how do you do it a little differently? And how is the interior, the windows as, as, as important as the customer service and the visual on the inside? But then how do you create an interest and so I worked with some great, great talent that was very conceptual in merchandising. So there was no planograms. It was conceptual. 
And I think that's where I really learned a lot in the last part of my years as a district manager was, you know, how do you take something and you, you create, you know, that interest and, and, you know, so learning those entrepreneurships and, you know, so there was a lot of brainstorming back and forth with some, just some partners that I had. Mm-hmm. And then I felt responsible that if I'm going to do this, then I felt responsible for the finances that if I failed, then I failed. But if, you know, it was, and I may take partners later on as it gets bigger, mm-hmm. you know, but I wanted the, I didn't want to be responsible for someone else's investment starting, starting the business. Okay. So I just did it a little differently. Yeah. And how did you decide on the type of store and the product that you wanted to include in there? You know, it really changed when I first opened, I opened with the high school and college kid in mind because it was the last company I worked for in that experience. And as we opened and I got to know my clientele a little bit more, we really, I flipped and really started focusing more on the mom and the more research that I did. There's a gap in the industry right now with 40 plus. So it was really getting to know the clientele here and where the void was at in this market. I live in a very nice area. Uh, Retail really hasn't landed really strong here. There's some locals here, but it's just a matter of time for corporate retailers because this area is growing so, so big, you know, but it was my opportunity to jump in. And so the, the product line evolved and it continues to evolve as, you know, I learned more about the customer. So interesting. And, and that's a key, I think, is paying attention to what your customer is telling you. It was, we, we, it was within three months, I was pretty much moving in a different direction pretty quickly. Wow. So did you um, start selling your products online right when you opened? It was about eight months later because I'm, I'm more grounded in brick and mortar because mm-hmm. that's been my background. So brick and mortar was very familiar to me. The online was a whole different ballgame. And it was something that, you know, I had to learn along the way. So even before the pandemic, we were just sort of getting our online going. Mm-hmm. So the pandemic, we probably weren't as good in position as we should have been because we didn't have that presence online yet. And we're still today building it. I'm still probably 80, 90% brick and mortar, 10 to 20% in the online. A couple of platforms that I'm using now is it's revving us up quicker. Yeah. Yes, I hope that flips. I, in my business plan, I would really like to be 30 to 40% at least online. Mm-hmm. And at, at one point get to 50 with brick and mortar, the other 50. But I think with the way the, the pandemic and everything has really, people have focused more with online selling. Yeah, It's going to be important for the business. Definitely. And how did you select your location for your brick and mortar store? We had a successful retailer that was in this spot. And when I jumped in, I jumped in with a pretty hefty, when I 5,400 square feet. So I didn't open as your normal small boutique. I'm like, if we're going to go for it, we're going to go for it. And, um, you know, she was a very successful, this previous retailer, and she had just moved her location to a bigger spot. And I felt like that was the opportunity to jump in. You know, it was already, I just did some interior, you know, renovations in the store, but the build out was pretty much there. Mm -hmm. And then I just had to get my name out in the community. Yeah. As I've done these interviews, the it, it's a repeat um, success story is that they waited for the right location. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like it, it was working for you too. Yes. Yeah. All right. So do you have a plan for the number of stores that you're going to have? Right now, I'm going to, if I probably would have started this venture 
10 years ago. I don't know how many stores I would have tried to open. But I think, you know, at this point in my life, if, you know, I really am focusing on building a bigger online, you know, the online presence and seeing how we can grow both of those and considering if I take partners on maybe a second location, but I'm not sure at this age, if I really want to go 10 to 15, 20 stores, I think in my younger years, I would have totally done it. (laughs) (laughs) That balance and quality of life is calling. (laughs) It is, but brick and mortar is a different animal today too. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Tell me about that. How is it different from before? You know, I think when you know, you've been in retail for over 30 years, the brick and mortar was really strong. And you could see, you could see even in the last 10 years, where it's starting to brick and mortar was starting to soften a little bit and online was getting a bigger presence. And now that I think with the pandemic, people have become much more comfortable ordering online. You know, so I think it's really going to continue to to really move in that direction. I think brick and mortar still has a place, yep. um, but I think it's going to really take both, mm-hmm. you know, in today's industry. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just very different, but I do, I have a lot of customers who still want to touch it. They want to try it on. Mm-hmm. Um, they love the personal service, the wardrobing, you've had to fit body types and that's, that's harder to get. You know, the, the, uh, the lives that we do on Facebook gives a little bit more where people can see how things fit because they still want that interaction. It's just, it's interesting how the industry is just changing. And now it's really about online personally selling. Mm. You're not just ordering off a website, but these lives are even for big corporations are becoming more and more important. So they're connecting, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with the brand. Yeah. So interesting. So what kind of marketing did you do in the beginning? You know, I didn't at, a lot, at the beginning, it was just all social media mm-hmm. and it was just more organic. And, you know, as I look back on, because that's probably my biggest challenge is with the marketing and really establishing uh, where people can find us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I took it a little bit slow and I wanted to make sure the brand was a little bit more situated as we were evolving the brand. Mm -hmm. And this year we're just now launching more of online or advertising and we're still I'm still sticking to mostly social media advertising we're looking at some Google but I feel like the platform that we're using it's more conducive right now to Facebook and Instagram Mm -hmm. and I feel like now's the time to really start really pushing out the marketing but it was more word of mouth in the beginning Mm -hmm. and working the kinks out and now I feel confident that the advertising dollars are going to pay off more. Now, which platforms do you use for social media? I was, uh, we use Facebook mostly um, Mm because I think it fits our demographic more, but Instagram is right there. We have a platform called Comment Sold Hmm. and it is a, they really work closely with Facebook. So it's the, in fact, we have our app now, we have our website through this platform and I just switched over all of it probably within the last couple of months. We were trying out comments. So, but that's where we do our Facebook lives mm. and that I was seeing a lot of momentum build in some retailers that just small boutiques that I was just tracking mm. and they were building up pretty quickly with the Facebook lives through comments sold So I just started researching because I kept hearing some of my vendors tell me that this is a platform that everybody was doing really well with. And when I started just kind of watching them, you could see that they were revving up pretty fast on it. And we've seen, we're seeing quite a big, my build faster through this platform. Mm -hmm. And are you attracting beyond, um, you know, your local market in the North Carolina area? Are you seeing interest across the country? 
some, I think that's where we have probably our biggest opportunity. I, I see what it's building is more local right now, but we're focused more locally traffic is where I'm kind of targeting my marketing. Mm-hmm. And then once I, once I think that we've kind of started getting some really more traction there, we will expand out more. Awesome. Okay. So tell me about your buying process. Do you go to market? I do. We, um, I usually go four or five times a year and Atlanta is our closest market. And I do a lot of online ordering too. So I spend quite a few hours a week just looking for unique product. And I really prefer where we've done the best is I picked up a couple European brands. So I'm still trying to research just because they're not, you know, they're a little bit more unique, Mm -hmm. um, a little different. We're more casual in our, you know, our collection that we have. I carry a few dresses, but it's more to the casual side. And uh, we've had some fun with some lines from Italy and I just picked up one from France. So now I'm really on a search of, and I'm going to have to probably branch out to California or New York to find a few more unique vendors, because that's really where I try to focus on is the uniqueness of it. Sure. Okay. And how do you protect your business by not going too deep with a particular vendor? Do you have kind of a formula that you use that you just, you know, keep track of not putting too many eggs in one basket? You know, that's been that's been a challenge. And even through the pandemic, because a lot of um, there wasn't as many products as produced. So there was kind of a backlog a little bit. So there's a little bit of challenge I just ran into. So I was really probably over assorted with one brand, but that was uh, we were set. We couldn't keep it. And I still can't keep it. A lot of times I've still got it back ordered, um, but it made me really nervous. So I, I feel really good going into this fall that we're a little bit more diversified, but I may, I probably carry 10 to 15 different vendors. Um, you know, I probably got to one vendor was doing probably more 50, 60%, which was a little bit too much of where I wanted to rely on one vendor. Sure. Yep. So do you have, um, well, tell me what are the product categories you do apparel accessories, some home decor, Yes. Is that- and we do, you know, we do um, some, some shoes, okay. um, which we're kind of playing around with that. And, you know, I, I carried more when we first opened and then it was really trying to get the product mixed right more in the clothing. Cause I could see our online presence picking up. Mm-hmm. And so most of my focus became more of the clothing items, but for a brick and mortar, we do well with some home and some just fun giftable items. Sure. Okay. Now, when you started, before you opened, did you sit down and write a business plan? I did. It was part of my loan process, which was a great experience to go through. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I still pull back at the business plan and keep updating it. Now it was, it's interesting because it was more focused on brick and mortar when I first wrote the business plan. And now as I've kind of studied the business, you know, it's going to be moving more toward the online Um, and then just the product mix too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you have a mission statement? You know, really, I think from even like the Coldwater Creek days, and it's so ingrained and in even my background of most of the retailers have always been strong customer service. So I'm a really, really big believer in customer service. So it's really, I still say doing what's right for the customer and giving them a uniqueness. I mean, in, in the store, we have like bed frames hanging from the ceiling, um, you know, so it's very eclectic. So when people walk in, it's, you know, it's a little bit like an anth- mini little anthropology in a way of just how do you create all senses to her, like the visual, the customer service and um, the music. So it's 
about the entirety of the experience. So I guess if we stand for anything, I don't returns, you know, it's doing what's right for the customer. If something is it's not to her satisfaction, then you know, I go back to my Coldwater Creek days of so I'm still very branded there. Yeah. And I think and our mission statement is I believe in taking care of her. Mm-hmm. And that is, gosh, that's the the niche that retail brick and mortar has now because it's really all about the experience. It is the, the cookie cutter. Sure. They can go, you know, to the chain and know that they're going to get, you know, okay quality. And they know that the price is going to be good, but nobody helps them. Nobody cares about them to the level of what you can deliver. And it really makes a difference where I would like to play with a little bit. And it's just, you know, I keep, you know, the thing that I think I learned in the business was you had to get comfortable. First year was and to be comfortable with the unknown, you know, because when you're in corporate, you're, you're, you know, you're pretty much laid out. And in here, you're like, Ooh, there's a lot of obstacles that come your way and you've got to get comfortable with, you believe in what you're doing, you know, but you're a new business and you're still filling out, you know, where it's going, you know, so once you get over the fear of the unknown, and then sometimes as a new business, you're like, just keep moving, you know, just, you, you know, I don't believe you can stay stagnant. So it was like, we do a website. Now we're going to go live. You know, now we're going to, we're looking at virtual shopping. You know, how do we start to implement that? So I think that's probably one of the biggest lessons where you just don't know where it's going to, it's just keep moving forward right? rather than just letting things happen, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you get thrown COVID, okay, well, it is what it is. How are we going to, how are we going to overcome it? Right. Get comfortable and, with you know, change. Yeah, because there's a lot of, you know, successful online businesses that did really well through COVID. So, mm-hmm. you know, we had to just adjust the business model a little bit. Right. So would you share what tools you use specifically on the technical side um, that support the various parts of your business? Now, you've already mentioned Comment Sold mm-hmm. as the platform to help you with Facebook and selling there. But because customer service is so important to you, do you have a customer relationship management system? We have a a program that we track, you know, all our purchases and we have set up some client books. It's probably an opportunity we have as I keep looking at this next, this next stage. You know, if you, you know, you look at, you know, your stitch fixes and where we can go. So we are just now putting together templates of, and I'm looking into how can we expand that virtual shopping? And, you know, so that one's probably not tightened up. It's probably my next agenda because I think there's a lot of opportunity in appointment selling and clienteling virtually. Right. You know, so looking at different platforms for that. One we do really well with, I said, is comment sold in the Facebook lives. We have a POS system then that's pretty sophisticated. It tracks to all the inventory oh. and our customer purchases, you know, so it can do quite a bit mm-hmm. on just the POS system that we have. And can you share what that is? It's Vend, V-E-N-D. They're based out of Canada, actually. Yep, I've heard of them. Okay. And then what platform do you use for online sales? Is it comment sold or is it something else with your website? It was Shopify and I was duplicating, you know, comment sold had the same capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So for right now, I went to comment sold. As we get bigger, it will probably go back to Shopify. I think they offer a little bit more bells and whistles. Um, but I think... I was duplicating is what I was doing because we had to upload in two different sites with the app. The app was more user-friendly with comment sold with what we already started. So my decision to go to that platform, even online 
was based more of just con- just getting it down to one system rather than trying to upload two different sites. Sure. Yeah. And when you built your website initially, what uh, website builder did you use? Actually, I went through Shopify and I, I actually learned to build it myself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when I have gone through a lot of technology, but it's really helped. Like even when I flipped over to this one, you know, when you're, it, it may be more familiar with the site mm-hmm. and, you know, but they make it pretty easy these days. I mean, they kind of walk you right through once you kind of get through the initial learning curve of it. Yeah. And what uh, merchant service do you use for credit card processing? I just switched to a company called Spot On. I was with WorldPay. Okay. And both of them are pretty competitive. That was a, I fortunately, you know, because that really wasn't my background, but learned very quickly that there's a big differences and the credit card processing and different rates yeah. and world pay. We had actually negotiated a pretty good rate. And so they were pretty hard to beat. And then I had somebody local that was supporting this other company and they were close. Mm-hmm. Um, they were right there with saving a little bit of money and spot on. So they're both really good companies. Got it. Okay. So how many employees do you have? I have six right now. Okay. Yeah. And do you manage the employee part, the HR part of the business yourself, or do you engage a third-party service to help you like with the legal requirements and the paperwork and all that? Um, right now I do it all myself. I do do QuickBooks who have, they have the capabilities of the, the scheduling and the payroll services. Okay. Um, so that makes it easy with just, you know, the taxes and all of that and the payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's pretty much at this point, we're still using the smaller systems you know, until we get bigger. Okay. So what was the most surprising thing you discovered when you opened your store? You know, I think it was the patience um, because, and you had to learn everything. I mean, so before when you had support, you know, for corporate, you always could call, you know, your, call the POS department and say, Hey, I need some help with this. And then now you're learning yourself. Okay. You're, you're troubleshooting quite a bit. So probably getting caught up on the technology was my biggest, you know, that and the marketing, Mm -hmm. the rest of it, the, the store part of it, was a piece of cake to me because that's pretty much my background and you know the buying was kind of new to me so it was getting getting caught up on those things and making adjustments along the way but I I think my biggest learning was through the technology was by far Mm -hmm. and just having no fear you know you just had to jump in and you know you didn't have anybody to call anymore so you had to go in and just really that that was probably my the biggest learning curve Mm -hmm. and just having confidence that in faith that, you know, you, you, you were on the right path if we just keep moving and, and keep, you know, I never was satisfied and just staying stagnant, you know, so that probably what kept the business, you know, growing even through, you know, the whole pandemic. Mm -hmm. One of the toughest transitions I think is for someone who has always worked for someone else uh, or for a company and then decide to go out on your own and have your own business. um, It's, and you're, your own boss. Now you've taught, you've touched on this a couple of times that you just keep one step, you'll just keep taking that next step, but it's challenging being your own boss. Really challenging. It is. And what tips can you share that you have learned about yourself that helps you stay focused and stay motivated to do all those parts that you really don't like to do? 
you know, I, you know, I will say just even doing lives, I wasn't really keen on like, okay, okay, we have to go, you know, and it's, it was essential for the business. So you push through it. I mean, it's something that, uh, you know, as a mindset and there's days that are easier than others mm-hmm. that you, you know, some days you'd like, I've got this, I've got this. And there's other days that it's just really tough. And, you know, then I may read a motivational book or pick it up. And, you know, I look back at all the people who've been successful and I just think, you know what, they were successful. So if they can do it, I can do it. Mm. And, you know, so it's, it's just not giving in. And I would say there's probably been more positive days, but there was, there's times that, you know, yeah, you question it, mm-hmm. you know, am I doing the right thing? Did I do the right thing? And then, you know, if you keep moving, you start seeing, you start seeing the traction, and people would tell me little that to be patient, it would take three years okay. before you, you know, really start to see the build. And I think that was excluding a pan- pandemic, <laughs> yes. you know, so I just happened to start a new business right in the middle, right before the pandemic started. So, you know, the timing of that was a little bit more challenging, you know, but I can start for the first time. I'm really starting to see some traction starting to really build, but you're right. It's there's days that it gets, it gets set by people, you know, ask me all the time, oh, you're the owner. Yes, I'm the owner. Yes, I'm the buyer. I'm the janitor, (laughs) the bookkeeper. (laughs) But it's a, it's exciting. It's exciting journey. And what was the date that you first opened? It was in March. No, it's June because I took over the space, but um, end of May of 2019. Okay. Okay. So you had several months that you were open before you had to do the shutdown. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what are your top tips, the do's and don'ts that you would like to share with the audience that might be thinking about starting their own retail business? You know, obviously the research, right. And and before you start a business is there's just so much that goes into it. And I think the corporate background did prepare me for that because, you know, we dealt with things on a multi-unit level of the interest, to seize that went into it. So, you know, I think we were very, I was very planned out in initiating the business. Um, you know, so there was a lot of research that went in. So, you know, I don't, owning a business is not always for the faint of heart. It's a, it's a huge commitment and, you know, you can't really underestimate the commitment behind it and the long hours and, you know, what it takes to, to really get a business going. And I would say, you know, I have had great mentors along the way too. You know, sometimes, you know, I'll pick up the phone and just call one of those mentors, you know, who has also offered some great advice. And, you know, and I say don't give up. I mean, it's just in research. You know, I constantly was researching, you know, what was working in other businesses, more small businesses than corporate, because we were on a different scale than a corporate business. You know, so I studied a lot of small boutiques. And, you know, I would look at their websites. I would look at what they were doing, you know, with their marketing studying their social media and, um, you know, looking at kind of the traction that you could see even a lot of Facebook lives, what kind of traction they get. So that was probably more than anything was just looking at how businesses are successful mm-hmm. and knowing that, you know, they got there. So it was just, just a lot of research. Even when you open, you think you open the doors and people will just come and, you know, it just takes time. So I would say, you know, don't give up, but, you know, keep, there's a lot of successful people out there and you know, mentors and organizations like yourself to really help when you get stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first started social media marketing, 
I'm like, you got you have to treat me like a first grader kindergartner because I really didn't even understand the language because I wasn't strong in social media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I look at the time now and a year and a half later, it's like, I could know now what questions to ask when I talk to a marketing firm, know where my blind spots were. Right. And, you know, but it took, it took, because you're saturated, your brain's always saturated with new things. And when my brain was ready to take on a different learning, then I would start diving into that. But it's, my brain would only let me absorb so much at one time. And (laughs) then now I would say, when you get your systems down and all of that, I'm probably more complete now in the overall part of the business Mm -hmm. than at the beginning in marketing and, you know, looking at new things like clienteling you know, platforms and where we can go next. So mm-hmm. I would just say, keep doing it and be patient. It's, you're going to go through a learning curve. Yes. Yes. And I think it's the learning curves that, you know, when you look back, no matter what the journey is, you know, I look back and probably have learned the most in the last year, two years, but my re- prior retail has really helped me, mm-hmm. but you know, it's been amazing on the things that you didn't think you could do before that you, you, you learn how to do. Yes. Yeah. Keep learning, stretching, growing, when we stop doing that, that's when we start to die. Yeah, I agree. So one thing that um, is not on my list of questions that I was going to ask you, but it, it kind of came up as we were talking about all the different things that you're doing. Do you have um, a calendar that you plan out when you're going to be doing certain activities in the week or the month? I do. And that's becoming you know much more prevalent now because you know we're, we're sending out more email campaigns we, you know, I do actually, I even, I do even a lot of my photo shoots, you know, a lot of times too. So the, in our Facebook lives where now we were doing one a week, you know, how do we now do more, you know, so, and then just even getting on a calendar of, you got your holidays coming up, you know, you, the first year, you know, what promotions do you run? You know, you see, it, it kind of takes that history of the first year. And then once you start getting some more history, the, the calendar becomes more and more important. Mm-hmm. you know, because you've got so many more things going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a time where, you know, when do you hire? And I got to a point where I, we, I built a, a big enough complex model for a small business doing it on my own. When you're trying to do the website, you're, you know, you're doing a lot of photo shoots. Now we're doing the lives, you know, so it's not just opening a brick and mortar store anymore. Right. And, you know, you could feel when you're like, okay, is this the tipping point? Mm-hmm. And the tipping point is, you know, when you, you got to get traction through it all too. So it's a very fine balance of, you know, when you put more payroll on and, you know, taking the risk on getting the business going. Right. Right. Yeah. Always a balancing act. So just rattle off a couple of your key performance indicators that you pay attention to on a, on a regular basis. Yeah, mine is a lot of traffic. I'd say in a small boutique, though, different from probably what I was in corporate because you had so many more footsteps walking in. So with ours is really probably more like your average tran. Um, we do, you know, I may run more like a hundred and about a hundred and twenty average tran. You know, where in in corporate retail we probably don't see it as high. Mm-hmm. Uh, the traffic, you know, I may look at your conversion, my conversion now I'm starting to pay attention to as I'm doing into advertising mm-hmm. is if they're seeing the ad, how many clicks are we getting back over? You know, so those are things that we'll get more into that reporting, you know, but in the store, it's, you know, how we measure our quality of selling, okay. you know, with the customer, you know, which is probably my, my biggest indicator here. 
just because, you know, traffic's a little bit slower. Okay. And training, certainly you must have expectations that when you bring your employees in that, um, the way that they're going to be greeting and the way that they're taking care of the customer and adding on and making suggestions. So that's an ongoing process, right? It is. I mean, it's, um, you know, we run a pretty tight team and most of my team's been with me since we've been opened, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, a lot of them have that experience and it's just, when you're in a smaller community, it's really about the connection with the community and the customer. So it's really building the relationships. So that's a lot of it. And then the product knowledge, Oh, yeah. you know, which is, you know, really, I think the biggest thing for my employees more than anything was, especially with them working with 40 to, you know, 40 plus customers, you know, in the 40 to 65 range is how to wardrobe body types. Mm-hmm. You know, because women of our age, you know, have just, you know, I, I can understand that, you know, being in this age group is, you know, this particular silhouette is going to fit best on this body type. So there's a lot of training on that. Mm-hmm. You know, we try everything on when it comes in. So we have a good you know, we, we can represent pretty much all sizes in the store. So, you know, we know how it's fitting this size customer, this size customer. And I think that's the biggest thing we offer is, you know, we can, we can, I can tell a customer pretty much where to go to when they come in and you ask a few questions, but from a body type, what's going to probably look best on her. So sure. we do a lot of training on that. Awesome. Okay. Well, any other final tips, do's or don'ts that you want to share? No, I just think it's, um, you know, it's a really, you know, I, people don't know when to leave. Sometimes there's a leap and when they start a small business and, you know, you're always questioning when that time is to leap. And when the research I was doing, is just different for different people. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a little personal strategy that happened in um, my daughter's life. And it, it really is what made me make the decision. Um, she lost one of her best friends in a car accident and she was a junior at the time. And, you know, I was doing a little bit of traveling as a single mom. So that was really a big decision on also getting connected in the community was also how could I be home more, you know, for my daughter and not on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's just so many avenues and I, I just, you know, say, gosh, if you go for it, just it's uh, keep learning and just keep smiling every day and enjoy the journey. That's what people would tell me when it got stressful. It's, you know, I would remind myself just to try to enjoy the journey through it all right. and just appreciate the opportunity for it. So. Mm, that's great. Good, good advice. Great tips. And I loved hearing your story. Thank you for being with well, us. Well, thank you, Mickey. I appreciate the opportunity. And now for um, our audience, if they want to go shopping, they can look you up. What's your website address? We are so you boutique NC is in North Carolina.com. Or you okay. can find us on Facebook. Same thing. Watch us every Thursday and we'll give you a live fashion show. Awesome. <laughs> All right. And your brick and mortar store is located in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Becky. Thank you, Mickey. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Okay. We'll talk to you soon.